Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. I am excited to share everything with you about Winchester, Virginia. We want you to be an informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. If you want local knowledge, you have come to the right place. Well, I'm excited to dive into this episode right away without too much introduction because we have a lot to unpack when it comes to the state of affairs of the real estate market, specifically as it relates to finances and the interest rates and all things related to the lending industry. I have so many clients who are asking me and and people just in existence around Winchester that are like, what is happening with the interest rates? Even this morning, got a phone call from a client who just says, give me the state of the union. What is happening in Winchester? What's happening with interest rates? It's a constant um, question because of the potential uncertainty of the market where people have seen interest rates dramatically jump up over the last uh, you know year, 18 months or so, um, where it's a little scary. And uh, you have uh, economy uh, doubt, you have elections coming up, you have uh, just rumblings in the Middle East these days. There's so many things that are potentially causing a little bit of anxiety amongst buyers, especially um, also with uh, the marketplace. And it, I get those questions and I figured let's turn to the expert. So I was able to... Uh, out of his busy work schedule, was able to have uh, my good friend and uh, just business partner, Marlon Beitzel from uh, Integrity Home Mortgage Corporation um, to be able to have a conversation where he is able to unpack um, all the different questions that are out there. Um, You'll hear briefly about his career path, but then more importantly, we're going to dive into the state of affairs when it comes to lending. So hold on because we get a chance to cover lots of ground. So here's my conversation with Marlon Beitzel. Well, hey there, Marlon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? Yeah, I'm doing great. And thank you so much for being here today because it's been several, many, many episodes since you've been on our podcast. Mm -hmm. You were one of the first guests. Um, I was back in the day Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and you were one of our resident ex I say resident but Mm -hmm. you know resident experts here that icon we we lean on sure for numbers and I love hearing from you because you have a pulse on the financial market so before we dive into numbers just give us just a brief summary of your career path like how did you how did you come into this industry and uh, and become our resident expert sure so the quick version is that my degree is in chemistry (laughs) and i taught high school chemistry at hanley high school go Uh judges uh then went into industry as a training manager became a director of operations so i'm kind of an operations kind of guy Uh Uh, but then I came into the mortgage world and that's been about 13 years ago now. Wow. It's been that long. It has been. Yeah. So it's, um, and I, ca- I came into the business in 2011. So it was kind of mm-hmm. after the big, uh, downward turn in 2008. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, many people are looking back and comparing this to that time. It's different. Right. Um, but yeah, I've loved being in the mortgage business, love um, helping folks in the Winchester area. Mm-hmm. And I remember you canvassing around, visiting different real estate offices, mm-hmm. coming and finding me at my old office and saying, hey, yeah. I'm starting this business out. And uh, you have an amazing marketing uh, mind as well of mm-hmm. how you've been able to get your name and spread your word out there and just briefly tell us quickly how you've been able to grow your business since 2011 like you've got sure. a team of people now with you yeah. walk us through that the service level that you provide people absolutely so I, I work at integrity home mortgage mm-hmm. and i am not an owner there but uh, they allow me to have a team and to pretty much um do build my business within that uh, business environment and integrity. Um, so I am a, a, a team leader or a, a regional manager, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got uh, three different loan officers working for me, and each of us has an assistant working for us. So when I'm helping a client um, with the financing of their home, they're always going to be working with me and an assistant mm. or two. Mm-hmm. So we help them with, you know, there's a lot of documentation. There's a lot of details that need to be, um, you know, paid attention to. So they're working with the two of us or three of us the whole way through that process. Uh, the other nice thing is if I'm out for a day or two, I've got another loan officer who backs me nice. up. Yeah. yeah. It's been a great thing. Um, and it's, it's really allowed us to grow our businesses together because we're able to help more people that way. Mm-hmm. And in helping people, that's where I like to lean on you because I know that I can just flat out trust a client in your hands uh, to make sure that they get from start to finish. And you say that you're a project management kind of guy. Yeah. So you have that brain as well, a bit of marketing, but then a little bit of the, the project coordination, which I appreciate. That's how I operate as well. And um, just walk us through kind of the steps that if, if a buyer is coming along mm. um, and they call you, what, what should they expect when they contact you? Sure, absolutely. Um, so when they call, first thing we want to do is get them scheduled for a full pre-qualification meeting. And what that means is we get, you know, some basics, uh, social security number, date of birth, work mm-hmm. history, income, those kinds of things. We're going to run credit and we'll look at the entire picture of a qualification. Mm-hmm. So it's, do they have the required work history? Do they have the income? Do they have the credit? Do they have the assets that they need? So at the end of that meeting, and we'll meet in person by Zoom, um, phone call sometimes, uh, but by the end of the meeting, um, everyone should know exactly what they're qualified for. They'll know which loan program. Is it going to be USDA, FHA, VA, conventional, you name it. And you can provide all of those, basically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and we have some weird uh, programs as well, like one-time closed construction, if someone's interested in that. Mm-hmm. Or if someone's newly self-employed, we have some cash flow programs. Mm-hmm. So not everyone fits the nice, neat box. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of that meeting, They'll know exactly what programs they're qualified for. Um, what is their limit that they could spend? Is it three hundred thousand? Is it six hundred thousand? And more importantly for them, what would their payments look like depending on what their purchase price is? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk through any scenarios they may have questions on. So at that point, they are not only qualified, but they're very confident to go out and start shopping for a house mm-hmm. because they know if I buy this house, here's what my payment's going mm-hmm. to look like. And then when they choose a house, they're yep. using somebody like me or an agent, um, and they make an offer, and then they get under contract. Correct. Then 
the next phase kicks in, right? So what happens from your end of things when someone goes under contract before they get to closing? Yep. And even during the part where you're going under contract, quite often you and I are working back and forth together. Mm -hmm. And that's where I love working with you Mm -hmm. as a broker agent here Mm -hmm. in Winchester. You're putting in an offer. I'll send over a letter that says they're qualified for that. But I know almost all the agents in this area. Mm-hmm. So typically I'm calling that other agent and saying, hey, just wondering if you have any questions about their qualification. Mm-hmm. You'd be crazy not to accept their offer right. because these guys are well qualified. Right. It's not an online application that maybe I've looked at their documents, maybe I haven't. So that's always a good partnership for us to have. Yeah. But now they've got the contract. So you're sending it to me as an agent. And I am then reaching out to my borrowers and say, okay, let's get your interest rate locked in. Mm -hmm. And then let's sign your disclosure documents, which are all the legal documents where I'm putting in writing. What are the payments going to look like? What Mm -hmm. are the costs? Mm -hmm. What are the interest rates? There should be no surprises at that point because we talked about it during the pre-qualification. But in a crazy environment, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, you know, we have to keep each other updated. What are the rates looking like now? What mm-hmm. are the payments going to be as a result of that? So uh, at that point, we are kicking off the full approval process. So we're getting um, driver's license, some bank statements and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we're turning the, the entire file into underwriting to get full approval. Mm-hmm. And that's another whole world of underwriting we don't need to dive into that but basically they get approval and you hold their hand to get to closing that's right and um that's the beauty of it because at integrity you're not just a singular bank that's right um so you're shopping for the best rates and and then once they get to closing then what happens that's right so we got 12 different banks that we're kind of shopping around finding the best uh situation for the the individual buyers and now we are clear to close so that means that the file is in our closing department. We're working with the local attorney or title company, mm-hmm. and we're going to fund that loan at closing. Mm-hmm. So and all the way through this process, I and my team are holding the hands of our buyers because we do this every day. Right. People don't buy a house every day. It's, it's kind of scary. Five or 10 years. <laughs> and even if you knew what you were doing then, you don't today. Right. Because things change. So that's where we're different than an online lender, Hmm. where often you'll call and not get a response. Mm -hmm. We're typically calling our buyers, our borrowers, two or three times a week Mm -hmm. just to say, hey, is there anything you need from me? Here's what's next. Mm -hmm. So we show up at closing, sign some documents, get the keys, and start moving. And and then the end of the the game for you is that the 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 loan eventually gets sold off. That's right. To to a specific bank, and. walk us through just that final process as as a buyer would then say okay what next now that i own the house yeah so first by federal law none of the numbers can change after that process so it's not like we're selling this loan servicing to another bank and Mm -hmm. now suddenly your rate changes that can't happen so instead we're handing the servicing off to the servicing bank Mm -hmm. and it's just who you're going to be making your payments to over the next 30 years Mm -hmm. or until you pay off the house sure yeah well that is an amazing summary in just a very short amount of time sure. for what you do. And that's, again, that's why I, as a realtor and I have my clients trust you with the process to be able to get them from start to finish. Cause you have an entire team. Yep. Now you and I are working with a few different people right now, a few different buyers mm-hmm. where we're shopping and we're thinking about all these different factors of what goes into making an offer, yeah. whether it be 
um, the interest rates, which then determine the monthly payment and what we can afford for the house. So this is the fun part. I want to get your take on the market right now Mm -hmm. and where the interest rates are and how that's impacting buyers. So what are you seeing out there from the financial state of things? Yeah, so it has been a crazy ride over the last couple of years. You know, um, during COVID, we got used to rates being in the threes or even the upper <laughs> right. twos. Right. And we kept saying at that time, that is not normal. And it is not normal. Mm-hmm. If you look back historically, interest rates are around six, seven, eight percent. That's mm-hmm. pretty normal. Mm-hmm. So when rates went up from three to four to five, we suddenly saw people saying, I need to buy quickly. Um, some people started to say, I'm going to wait for rates to go back down. Mm-hmm. I had a few of those buyers. Yep. Yeah. And at 5%, they said, I think within a couple months, we're going to have rates going back down. And they didn't. Right. Um, so rates continued on up to 6 7 And we're kind of knocking on the door of 8% right now. So, yeah, you say knocking on the door. Um, how, how do rates get determined when you're shopping for them for people? Because yeah. I feel like there's different loans, different packages, different rates. So how, do, how can we say, okay, this is what the rate is right now today? Yeah. So, yeah, people ask me that all the time. What's today's rate? Yeah. It depends on so many things. Is it a VA loan? Do you have 800 credit scores? Are you putting down 50% or 2% or 5%? Mm-hmm. You know? So all those things go into determining the rate. The other bigger thing that determines rates is, so the Federal Reserve, um, they do not set mortgage rates. People will often say, oh man, I saw the feds raised your rates a quarter percent. Mm -hmm. No, they didn't touch the mortgage rates. Hmm. The Federal Reserve, uh, they set short-term rates, the interbank rate loan uh, loan rate. So when the feds though are raising short-term rates, which affects credit cards, car loans, those types of things, Uh, But they continue to raise those rates, and that's what they've been doing to try to slow down the economy because the federal government overspent during COVID Mm -hmm. and was just pumping all this money into the economy. So the Federal Reserve is now trying to slow it down. So for quite some time, every time they met, they were raising rates, and that's where we saw it going from 3% up to around 6.5% or 7%. Mm -hmm. Now, since we've hit 6.5% or 7%, the Federal Reserve has not raised interest rates. Hmm. So then the question is, well, how are we getting to around 8% right. if the Feds aren't doing it? Right? So that's the interesting thing is, believe it or not, Washington seems to be in disarray. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine that. Uh-huh. Um, so many of our investors, people who are buying treasury bonds, and that might be foreign countries, it might be individuals, are starting to say, I'm not sure that the U.S. federal government has a plan to slow down their spending at any time in the future Mm -hmm. and that they can even get their act together enough to figure out whether they're going to pay their bills or not. Hmm. And, you know, you see that with right now the House leadership position um, and just runaway spending, et cetera. Right. So recent raises in interest rates have nothing to do with the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve has been holding rates. But it's rather people starting to be skittish about buying federal treasuries and bonds. And so it's the 
correct me if I'm wrong, is it the local banks? Is it the big banks? Is it more international banks? Like who's really impacting this? It almost sounds like gas prices. Kind yep. of that you just never if the oil prices are staying the same, why are the gas prices going through the roof? Yeah, it's it's all of the above. And especially uh, Chinese investors and Chinese government is uh, they're rattling some swords and they're starting to say, Hey US, we don't have to buy your debt. Mm-hmm. And so with that occurring we are seeing when there's a federal debt auction, um, many uh, buyers are kind of holding back and saying, I don't know if I want to spend that much for it. Mm-hmm. So the federal government has no option other than to raise it to the rates to make it more attractive. Saying, okay. please buy our debt. We will make it even more attractive to you. Mm-hmm. That's what raises interest rates then for more. Okay. So then the obvious question is wave your magic wand and, and predict where are we going? Because that's what every buyer is asking me and agents yeah. saying, should I buy now? Should I wait a month or two? We have elections coming up. Yeah. We have kind of winter season. And, and in my real estate world, I feel like that we're in what's called a normal market right. of the supply and demand. Mm-hmm. But from a financial standpoint, that is going to impact what I'm calling a normal market. Right. So where do you see the next couple of months? Because you and I were both telling people years ago when you were saying in the twos and threes, this is not normal. And it went to five. We predicted they're yep. not coming down. Yep. That held true. So at least that prediction, we can look back at ourselves and say we were right. Right. Where do we stand right now to predict? And then I'm going to have you come back on in a year and say, <laughs> were you right, right or wrong? Yeah, man, that is a tough one. Um, What markets hate is unpredictability. Mm -hmm. You know, the Federal Reserve tries to kind of forecast and they say, the Federal Reserve is saying next year we should be down a half percent. And in a year after that, we should be down another percent. All right. So if they're right, we will be back down into the sevens, lower sevens by next year. Mm -hmm. And the year after that, we should be into the sixes. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Uh, when you've got unpredictable behavior in politics, um, even as we're coming up to an election year, and uh, the average voter is not happy with what's going on in, in politics right now, um, it's, it's difficult to know um, if the federal government can get a plan together and we get a leadership plan and they start to say, here's where we're going next. Yeah, I think we'll see some stability. Mm-hmm. That's what we need right now is some stability in leadership. Um, but it, if it were only down to the uh, inflation numbers and the Federal Reserve, I would be saying by spring, I think we're going to start to see some softening. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult to say because it's not only about the Federal Reserve and about inflation. Anymore. And I ask that question jokingly because obviously no one can really predict what's happening. We've got potential wars and bombings happening in the Middle East. Do we have an election season coming up? There, there's a, so many variables that are out of our control. Mm. However, what do you share? What do you say to these current buyers that you and I have and you have mm. with other people um, who really do feel like that they need to buy a house right now? Yeah. You know, we, I'm always going to be suggesting to people that you do the best you can when you need to buy a house and I will help you get the best value. And then you do the best you can to get the best rates so what are you suggesting and how are you coaching these buyers out there right now of like what are the rates what are the monthly payments give us some scenarios yeah that's the good good questions i've got a a daughter who's thinking about buying a house Mm -hmm. she says dad should i wait and i say no 
if you find the right situation right now, your your interest rate is one hundred percent because you are renting, and, <laughs> right. and every dollar you put into it <laughs> right. is going to pay somebody else's mortgage. Uh-huh. So if you find that situation that is right for you, and you're planning to live there for several years or, or so, I still think U.S. real estate is the best investment out there. Right. I, it it yeah. truly is. Um, I own several pieces of real estate, and I'm always looking to buy something new. Mm-hmm. Right. I still am. Um, so I am not opposed to people buying real estate. Um, I think always the win in real estate is if you're, you need a place to live. Mm-hmm. You are likely to live somewhere for three or four years or longer mm-hmm. because that's how long it takes to recoup some of your purchase costs and so forth. Mm-hmm. And if the numbers at least make sense for you, mm-hmm. I would never suggest someone goes into a seven and three quarter percent interest rate if the payment is such that they know it's not sustainable for them. You don't want to be house poor is that's what right. I kind of call it. You don't want to be house poor yeah. with the hope that it goes down within three months or six months. For you to then refinance. Exactly. That's, that's a scenario that at least I'll, I'll give kind of the, the glasses half full perspective to my people. I'm like, if you really do believe that the rates are going to come down and you should be in the market to buy right now because you need to buy a house and you're currently renting, it does make sense to own. That's right. As opposed to rent, uh, the the rental payments are still through the roof. Yep. So what you're getting apples to apples comparison for a house of like value, say mm-hmm. pick a ranch, three bedrooms, two baths, what you're paying for rent is still going to be a little bit greater than right. what you're paying for mortgage. Right. So to say, I'm going to buy now and then expect the rates to come down to refinance in order to meet my budget, you're saying is wrong, which I would agree with. Correct. But you can still have the hope, glasses half full, that yep. like rates could come down in a year or two, and it might make sense to refinance. Yep. But as long as you're within your budget range. That's right. And that's what you, both you and I are going to coach people, right? Yep. We're going to say, don't worry about the sales price of the house. Yep. Almost don't even worry about the rates as much. You should. But what is your monthly payment going to be? That's it. That's it. And, you know, do I think rates sometime in the next two years will come down? To the point where people can refinance and, and get a better payment? Absolutely. If you were to ask me, you know, what's the, the, the chance that within next two years we're going to see a 2% drop in rates? I'd say it's pretty darn good. Mm. I think it's probably 75% better mm. or, or better chance that that's going to happen. So when do you encourage somebody to refinance? At, at what yeah. kind of rate drop does it really make sense from a financial numbers standpoint? Right. Yeah, it depends on the size of the loan. So a refinance will cost you around 3,000 bucks. Okay. So if you've got a big loan, that might only be a half percent that it has to mm. drop, mm. and now you're saving $300 a month, mm. and so that $3,000 can re- be recouped very quickly. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a $100,000 mortgage, then you might have to go down about a percent and a half before it makes sense to refinance. Good, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so you know, if someone is buying a house today, and they're asking me, do I think that you're going to be refinancing within a year or two and lowering your payments payments significantly? Absolutely. I really mm-hmm. believe it's very likely that it's going to occur mm-hmm. because things are cyclical in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, prices go up, they level off, and then they go up again. All right. Rarely do, do they go down. Right. And by the way, if in a year from now, rates are 2% lower, hmm. you tell me as a real estate agent, 
What's going to happen to the market out there? Oh, the buyers are going to come out of the woodworks. Absolutely. And sellers who have been sitting on their houses waiting, because we all know Winchester is an amazing town. Yep. We know that people are not really migrating out of town. That's right. So people are either moving into town or they're recycling where they live and they're either upsizing their house or they're downsizing. Those are the people that we're waiting on as a realtor to list their house Yep. because they're not willing to give up their lower rate to go to a different house they're sitting. So the market would boom. That's right. If that happens, because we would have still a proper supply and demand of listings happening and buyers coming out. Whereas COVID years, more buyers than sellers, but I would see in the Winchester market, again, our little bubble is really unique because of that, because people are not moving out of town as much. That's right. Um, So interest rates are really affecting our current market right now. That's right. And, and so I think in Winchester, if we see rates going down a percent or two, we're going to see a lot of buyers come off the fence. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see a lot of competition again. Mm-hmm. So people might say, well, you know what? There's that $300,000 house I'd like to put an offer on today, but I'm going to wait for the, the rates to go down. Mm. When the rates go down, that 300000 is going to be three fifty. Mm-hmm. That's That's just, you run the numbers. That's yeah. what it's going to be. Right. So your payment, believe it or not, is going to be probably the same. Because of the rate change versus the price change. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if it's a good situation for you today, you can buy it and then refinance at that point, Mm -hmm. you win. Mm -hmm. You are out ahead of everybody because you got these flat um, prices that we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. And prices are relatively flat Mm -hmm. right now. A little bit up, a little bit down, depending on who you listen to. But prices have been a little bit flat. Rates are up. If you can lock in the price, which is what you do when you buy, yep. but then rent the rate, if you will, yeah. refinance yeah. in a year or two, yeah. is it certain? No. But is it likely? Yeah. You look at history, it's very likely. And like you said, in today's market, there is not the buyer craze happening. Right. There's a few homes that are getting multiple offers, but for the most part, things are sitting a little bit longer, yep. even though there's fewer listings. So I like that perspective because as a buyer, nobody wants to be in the game of competing yep. and losing out in bids and then losing out on potentially the home that you want because you quote unquote think you're not going to be able to afford it or don't want to spend that money. Right. Shop now. So the unco- the upcoming season of this end of fall into winter in historical market, winter is always a great time to buy Yep, because of the seasonality of things. Right. Um, but it's even more so potentially what you're saying just due to the rate factor. And if rates do come down, you're going to have a double incremental buyer's market. Yep. Don't get out over your skis. Right. In other words, don't overspend where you're saying I cannot make my payments. Right. But if you find, yep, I can make my payments. And now I have an opportunity, very likely within a year or two, mm-hmm. of refinancing. Mm-hmm. Then you're in a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I hit you with a couple of numbers? <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. Okay. Give us the numbers. Great. Yep. So let me just give you an example of a USDA loan, which is it's a loan where if you wanted to buy a house, let's say a $300,000 house, and you wanted to finance 100% of it. Wow. Right? Okay. So you could buy this house with no money down, hmm. depending on you know what your income limits are and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. I do that all the time with mm-hmm. folks. It is very likely that if you're buying $300,000, that your payment right now be around 2500 bucks. Mm-hmm. So $2,500 a month, and it'll be your house, 
And that would include taxes, insurance, PMI, mm-hmm. everything, okay. including that payment. Okay. Right. So, and again, that would be fixed. It's not going to go up. We know that. Mm-hmm. Once you get it as a fixed payment at $2,500, mm-hmm. rents will continue to go up. Sure. If inflation sticks around, which we think it's going to, mm-hmm. it's calming down some, but it's still going to stick around, you know your rent is going to go up to meet inflation. Mm-hmm. That's just absolutely a given. Most of the time, unless your landlord is just uh, just a softie. Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> right. So can you just unpack that just in a nutshell? What kind of income would you be needing as a buyer to, to be able to qualify for that rate? Not the rate, but the, the payment and that price of a house. Yeah. Don't quote me on this because I'm thinking and doing public math here. Sure. But probably somewhere around $6,500 a month. Mm-hmm. So you're in your seventy to eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollar household income, mm-hmm. depending on your other debts, might get you that house. Right. Obviously, it's it's not a generic template that right. you can put out there. You have to meet with somebody personally, get all of their information to make right. that decision. I get that, but that's still a good number to shoot for. Yeah. Um, and you have this phrase called debt to income ratio. That's right. What is that typically? What's the requirements out of that? Yeah. So it depends on the program. If you're doing the USDA loan program that I just talked about, mm-hmm. the main thing we have to watch is your housing costs can not go above about 30% of 30%. your monthly income. Okay. That's right. So your housing payment can't go above about 30% of your monthly payment. Okay. So you're quoting a USDA loan, 0% right. down. That's right. So you don't have to have tons of cash. And as a real estate agent, I can encourage you as the buyer to say, we can ask the seller to pay for closing costs sure. because there are costs associated with that. Yep. Um, so I'll put my realtor hat on. You might need to come to the table with a uh, earnest money deposit check. Mm-hmm. You then need to pay for an appraisal yep. and you then should probably pay for a home inspection. That's right. All in might be 2000, 2500 total. 2000 should do it yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yep. if you have that and you qualify for USDA, there you go. That's exactly right. So let's jump it up a little bit. Um, was there anything else that you need, you felt like to, to yep. elaborate for USDA loan? Well, you know what? We're in that range. While we're, while we're on that scenario, let's kind of take that a little bit further yeah. and do a little bit of what ifing. Here. Okay. All right. Um, and I want to kind of throw out a unique idea. And then maybe we'll come back and start talking about 400, 500, 600,000. Yeah. So, you know, you, you look and say, well, you know what? What if in the future rates would go down by a percent? Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm okay with that $2,500 a month payment for now. But what if it goes down by a percent and I can refinance? Your payment would basically drop by $210 a month. Okay. Right? So you could pretty quickly do a refinance, if, even if it goes down a percent. But if rates go down 2%, now you're talking $400 a month. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I saying I know rates are going to go down 2%? No. But you look historically, and when the economy is on... Um, really cooking along like it is now. Mm -hmm. And then when finally the inflation starts to break and we see the economy softening, we typically see mortgage rates swinging by about 2%. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that $2,500 payment in a year or two turns into a $2,100 payment when you do your refinance. Right. Now, the other unique thing I want to throw at you is some buyers are saying, I really want to buy that house. But man, I... I just don't feel comfortable with that $2,500 a month payment. Mm-hmm. There is something that we offer right now that's called a 2-1 buy-down. Okay. All right. So the way this works 
is we say, okay, here's what your interest rate is. It's going to give you a payment of $2,500 a month. But we talk to the sellers and say, do you guys really want to sell that house? Sure do. Mm-hmm. Would love to sell this house. Mm-hmm. So would the sellers buy down your interest rate for the first year by 2% mm. and the second year buy it down by 1% mm. so that that gives you some breathing room as either your income is going to go up or you find an opportunity to refinance. Mm-hmm. So that 2-1 buy down would do the exact same thing. Instead of a $2,500 payment, you'd start off with a $2,100 payment. Mm-hmm. Right Now, you got to be aware that if if rates don't come down and you don't refinance, eventually your payment is going to get back up to that twenty five hundred. That's the risk. So right. you got to have that conversation. Yep. And you put that out there in front of them to say, okay, here's your here's your opportunity, right. but here's potentially what could happen down the road. Yep. Maybe you're expecting to get a raise in two years. Maybe you're expecting that a spouse is going to get a job and you're going to be able to get That's more right. income because you're not eligible right now. So there's different scenarios that could actually be beneficial. That's right. Now, we don't qualify people on the lower payment. We qualify them on the full payment. Mm -hmm. So we're not getting people into houses they can't afford. Right. Right. It just gives that breathing room to say, yeah, I can afford it, but I'm not real comfortable with that. And we're asking the sellers to pay that. Mm -hmm. Just as a rough number, that's about $7,000 that the sellers would be paying. And that's fully legitimate, capable of doing that part of negotiating to um, allow sellers to contribute to those costs. Yep. A year or two ago, you weren't saying that. A year or two ago, you couldn't get the sellers to pay anything. Right. And probably in a year or two from now, you won't be able to get the sellers to pay a lot. Yeah. Because we're going to be in a faster market. Same kind of scenario. Yeah. So that's a great opportunity for someone looking to get into a starter home in that price point who might be paying you know, through their teeth for rent and right. saying, let me get into some ownership, build a little bit of equity, and, and grow into a home that way. So moving up in the world, if you have a little bit more money to spend and if you're looking for that more of a dream house in the four, yeah. five, six hundred thousand kind of range, are we doubling the monthly payments basically? Is it just easy math to go from 300 to 600? Yeah. So let me, uh, I worked up some numbers for a $425,000. Okay. So it'd be a nice move up house. Mm-hmm. All right. And maybe now you saved up a little bit, you got around 5% or 10% to put down. That payment is going to be somewhere around thirty-four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. you know, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, then, if you're looking at something around a six hundred thousand dollar purchase, mm-hmm. and maybe now you're doing twenty percent down, that's mm-hmm. not too uncommon. Um, if you're at six hundred thousand with around twenty percent down, you're talking around thirty-five hundred dollars. And you're still thinking the same thirty percent debt to income ratio, actually, roughly, or is that does that change? Yeah, it changes. If you're over onto the conventional loan or an FHA loan or even a VA loan, mm-hmm. a veterans loan, you can go clear up to forty-five or fifty percent debt to mm-hmm. income ratio. So that might be allowable. What's yep. the recommendation, though? Yeah. Um, so those loan programs are looking at your total debt to income ratio. So USDA looks at the housing and looks at the total. Mm-hmm. The others look at your total. So I, I like to say it depends on the rest of your financial situation. Mm-hmm. If you've got no car payments, mm-hmm. you've got no student loans, and now you're trying to buy your first house, would I recommend you go a little bit higher on your debt-to-income ratio? Mm-hmm. I, I actually would. And, you know, many of our listeners might know this guy, Dave Ramsey. Sure. Very conservative financial guy. I right. love his stuff. Yep. 
he says the same thing. Okay. He says, you know, if I were talking to my kid and saying, should you buy a house now, even if it means you have to go a little bit higher on your payments, mm -hmm. but you don't have other crazy consumer debt like credit card bills that are right. eating you alive, et right. cetera. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Spend a little bit more, get into the house, and then refinance later is basically mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But that, that's understanding that you're a financially conservative person, not spending like crazy. And that's right. Nobody wants to get in over their head right. with debt. So um, that's, I think, a fear of people, yeah. uh, that they're going to get in over their head and they're not going to be able to afford it because they see the interest rates rising and yeah. they think interest rates mean over my head. That's right. But there's... What, there are ways to to budget accordingly to get into a house that you can't afford. Right. It it, it might not be the dream house mm -hmm. because rates are higher and sales prices are higher. Right. So you have to, that's where you get to pick and choose what are your pros and cons of what you need out of a house. What are the things that you have to have? What are needs versus wants? Right. And and choose accordingly based off of your budget. Yeah, that's that's where you get creative and um, for your first house. What you want to do is gain entry into homeownership. Mm -hmm. Because when you own a home, think about this for a minute. When you own a home, inflation is your friend. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. every year you're paying down that house a little bit. Mm -hmm. Your mortgage is fixed, but your house is going up in value. Right. It is earning money for you right. while you are living there. Right. When you are a renter, the opposite is true. Inflation is not your friend. Right. Because every year... Anything additional you earn is going right toward your landlord and paying down their mortgage, and you're not getting anything new for that value. And the proportion of a ratio of that inflation versus what your payments are might not be the same. That's exactly And the right. way inflation's going right now and the way house prices are going up, it's a disproportionate ratio. Yeah. And you and I have clients who we're working with who are in that lower end range, and we just see their... Their opportunities slipping. That's um, right. Uh, unless they get some magical raises where they can afford the kind of house that they need to get into. That's right. And you know, I, I started off this conversation with this whole nerdy thing of, well, what's really driving rates right now is what's happening with the federal government and mm -hmm. all the chaos and all that. Right. When those times are occurring, uh, inflation tends to stay a little bit higher. Hmm. And what do you want to have as ownership when there's inflation? You want to have real assets. Mm -hmm. That means a house. You want to have gold, silver, those kinds of yep. things. Yep. And house, like you said, that is tops on the list. That's exactly. So we're we're ending on a positive note here because yep. I mean, full circle. First of all, Marlon, you provide amazing service, amazing information for people just to call, get your information, and and be able to give a quote. Yep. Of what a price of a house is, but then the current reality is we know that the doom and gloom media mm -hmm. is going to say real estate is crashing. Interest rates are rising. Right. Nothing is good. But as we look at our market here, yep. there is a great opportunity for buyers. Yep. There's an opportunity for sellers to still get the value of the house that you want. Right. Um, so give us your, your wrap up summary here. If you can yeah. summarize kind of what, what we're talking about right here and now, what would, you, what would you suggest to these buyers right now? My biggest suggestion is quit thinking about the what ifs and trying to figure out the numbers and let's sit down and look at it together, mm. right? 
I am not a pushy sales guys mm-hmm. guy. I'm a pretty lousy sales guy. Uh, I like. <laughs> I to, fall in the same category there too. Yeah. I, I like to show people the numbers uh-huh. and allow them to make a decision. Because I guarantee you, I will never pay somebody else's mortgage payment for them. Right. Right. They will be the one making the mortgage payment. Yep. They got to be comfortable with it. Yep. But people can't make decisions just based on what they're hearing in the news mm. and some rule of thumb that they read on the internet, et cetera. You want to sit down and look at your situation, find out what is it going to cost me per month mm-hmm. and can I afford it? And am I comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. If so, keep on moving. If not, you know what your numbers look like so that when things change, you can pull the trigger. Yep. That's amazing. Give us, how do we get in touch with you? Like what's the information to go to? Where do we get in touch with Mr. Marlon Beitzel? Sure. It is mortgagebymarlin.com. That's mortgagebymarlin, M-A-R-L-I-N.com. Awesome. That's all they need to know. That's it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for this uh, perfect kind of, uh, almost state of the union summary of the financial world. So, sure. Mom, thanks for coming it's in. Been a pleasure. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Marlon, for unpacking all of that for us. I, I believe that we all should have learned something from that conversation. And uh, I-, I will tell you what I was able to learn was his take on the the two for one buy down program um, was something somewhat new to me. And at, at first it seems a little scary when he started explaining it to me, my instantly, my, my uh, bells were going off in my head saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. That could be problematic for somebody when their payments increase in a couple of years. But when you unpack it like that, and then you break down the state of kind of where we are today of how actually it is an amazing opportunity for buyers right now. It makes sense. It really, really makes sense. So um, that was definitely something I learned and I hope you guys learned something as well. Well, um, feel free to contact him anytime. Feel free to contact Icon Real Estate and track me down with any other additional questions because I believe this was one of our better episodes to really unpack kind of where we are in the market and for a buyer or a seller Um, this is great information. So where are we with local events coming up here in Winchester? Um, as you heard last episode, um, Halloween is not my favorite season, but for others it is. And the time is coming upon us. Um, I do know that I was chatting with my wife just a little while ago, and she is going to be um, dressing me up to go to a friend's house along where we're going to be a, a team of uh, a guy and a girl and I'm not going to reveal the um, the details yet but I will go ahead and take some pictures when I do get dressed up and post it out there for the world to know so um, I will celebrate with the rest of you just a little begrudgingly but when it comes to local events for our our haunted nightmare season of places to go things to do I'm going to highlight um uh, a, a marketplace that we haven't touched on too much here in um, Iconic Talk, and that is um, High Hill Farm. High Hill Farm is another one of our farmers markets that's local. They are having a Haunted Nightmares event theme that starts today, um, all morning long, that goes through um, the weekend through the 29th at 5 o'clock. 
So all day long, um, through the weekend, they have attractions of uh, a haunted nightmares, haunted house, and a, a bunch of escape rooms, moonlit hayrides, a corn maze, all kinds of things that you can look forward to. And, um, you know, whenever I look it up, I just can Google the search here of just High Hill Haunted Nightmares. That'll send you to that spot, the Winchester, Virginia Visit WinchesterVirginiaVA.com has their information there as well. So that's that's for all of you Halloween specialists out there. Let's fast forward a little bit to the following weekend, the following week. And um, there's something that you guys might be familiar with or not. Uh, on November 4th, this is an annual tradition. There is a half marathon that happens here in town locally. It's the Battlefield Half Marathon. And I'm sure there's still opportunities for you to sign up. And if you want to run, go for it. If you don't, you can cheer on the sidelines as they circle around the, the Kernstown battlefield areas and uh, up and down the different roads and side roads there. Um, it's, but they also actually have something new this year that's a battlefield 5K. That's more my speed. That is where I think if I was going to run, that would be the one. Instead of um, 13.1 miles, you can one that run the 3.1 mile race. How about that? So check it out. It's on November 4th on that Saturday morning, eight in the morning, um, for all of you avid runners out there. Um, quick shout out to Matt Lofton, who, uh, is an amazing runner and he is James Wood. Um, kids, boys and girls are doing great in their racing, um, this season. So congratulations to James Wood and that crew. The other thing I wanted to point out is uh, an event that is uh, close to my world over at Fellowship Bible Church. Um, that church is hosting the 21st annual Empty Bowl Supper for the Laurel Center. It's a, it's a great um, opportunity to assist an organization here in town who serves uh, just the, the women in our community who need a place to get away, need a quick um, respite um, from potential um, housing uh, abuse, things going on in their world, and they support um, our local community from that standpoint. And so this is an annual fundraiser to help um, the Laurel Center on November 10th um, at Fellowship Bible Church, 5 o'clock to 7.30. You can get tickets online. Again, just Google that as well. Laurel Center, Empty Bowl Supper. Um, they have any, an eventbrite.com site where you can do that, where tickets are available on sale. So check that out. That, that would be happening right after our very next episode, but might as well talk about it now in order to get the tickets. So thank you so much for participating and listening to this episode of Iconic Talk. We really hope that you learned something and look forward to sharing more with you in two weeks. Remember, when you look for your real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. And we really value your time. And I say we because there's a whole team. We thank our editor extraordinaire, Simeon Battaglia, our social media queen, Liv Gordon. And we would love for you to take a moment and subscribe, share this with your podcast, with your friends, let them know that they can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, think iconic.